Super Talk Mississippi media production. I'll pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Then welcome back, everybody. Gathered with you uh, on this edition of the Eagle Hour. Esquire's here producing in the studio here with me in Hattiesburg. Luke is back with us at the First Bank Studios in Laurel. I'm Bob Getty, and we're glad you're with us. Uh, for this edition of the Eagle Hour. Got a great show lined up today. Samantha Papp's going to be joining us here in just a couple of minutes. Patrick McGee, a little later in the show. We're going to update you on uh, minor league baseball and where all the former Southern Miss Golden Eagles are playing. And uh, before we get started with Samantha, I want to remind you about the opening segment sponsored every day by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Proud supporters of Southern Miss Athletics and the Eagle Hour. They enjoy, um, they can help you enjoy your next event, whether it's for your church, your home, or your office. That means they can cater it for you and bring you all kinds of delicious food. You can sit back, relax, and you can let Dickie's do the cooking. And of course, it's just a great place to eat. Dickie's here in Hattiesburg. There's a Dickie's in Laurel. There's probably a Dickie's wherever you're listening this afternoon in Mississippi, and we encourage you to do business with them. All right, welcome back, Luke. Uh, I see you've been on another exotic vacation. Where was it this time? France, Italy? Where were you? It it was not exotic. I was actually in Talladega, Alabama, but I did not get on the racetrack. We had a student camp for for Temple Baptist in Hattiesburg, right within the uh, shot of uh, the the studio there in Hattiesburg. But great time, but glad to be back. Glad to be back in downtown Laurel with you guys. Uh, happy, and we'll get into this in fourth segment, but happy uh, anniversary uh, to you, Bob. I didn't get to uh, personally <laughs> okay. tell you that, but we'll, we'll get to that in the fourth segment. All right. First segment, uh, we've been looking forward to having this young woman on the team. Uh, I think, Luke, it's fair to say that when you when you think about college athletes and you think about what you want college athletes to be, obviously talented on the field, great students in the classroom, leaders on their team, leaders in their school, leaders in their community. That's how Wendy Hogue described our first guest, Samantha Papp, who just concluded her softball career with the Lady Eagles and was recently named, we should add, to the Division I Softball Google Cloud Academic All-America team, only the third Southern Miss athlete in history uh, to do that. Samantha, I'd like to run down all your accomplishments and awards, but it's about a 12-minute segment, so I just I just don't have time to do it. But let me just say congratulations. You are indeed, uh, young lady, uh, what college athletics are supposed to be about. And uh, congratulations to you on a tremendous college career. Thank you so much. Now, you played four years for Wendy Hogue, am I right? Yes, sir. We had her on the show. She's been on the show a lot. But the last time she was on the show, she got a little emotional talking about you. She just uh, she just said that you were everything that you could have hoped to have in a in a softball program. Uh, that you were just a leader in absolutely every respect. Well, when you hear that kind of comments from your coach, what what runs through your mind? Well, you're, I feel like I'm about to tear up just reflecting on. <laughs> 
you know, that as the conclusion of my career that just happened. I think it's cool. Coach Hogan and I had a unique relationship in that she actually re- recruited me from her former school before USM. So I've known her for a really long time, and I would attribute much of, you know, the positive qualities of myself to her and the expectations that she put on me. She told me early in the recruiting process that she expected and knew that I could be a leader on the team and sort of guide Southern Miss to a new level um, softball-wise and just, you know, increasing interactions in the community and all that good stuff. So I know without her placing that expectation on me as a super terrified freshman and then giving me opportunities to do so, I don't think I would have accomplished a lot of stuff that I did. 4.0 GPA in four <laughs> years of college with a degree in special education and playing softball. Kind of put into perspective uh, how long and difficult an average day is for a young lady like you that's doing all the things that you were doing. Um, I can run through a day. So I would wake up. Let's say we had workouts in the morning. It's one of those days. So my alarm would go off around 5.30, get up, get dressed, go to workouts, and then I would come home, especially my senior year. I was actually also in the honors college, so I was conducting a research project. It was called my thesis, so I didn't have much time to take post-workout naps. So I would actually come home. I would be awake. I would go get some coffee, go sit and work on my thesis for a while, and then um, I would have class. So usually I'd go to class for a little while, and then I'd get to the field around one. I would try to work on some extra hitting by myself. I might have a bullpen or something um, hitting before practice, and then I'd go to practice until 5, 5.30-ish. I would leave practice, go make some dinner, and then probably study, work on my thesis until I would try to go to sleep around 10.30. Sometimes it would you know, have to be a little later with the whole college thing, but and then I'd just do it all again. The next day. Sounds like your career, doesn't it, Luke? <laughs> uh, I, I was a catcher in high school baseball, but punters had it relatively a little easier than uh, softball catchers. Uh, Samantha, we uh, we applaud you. We have uh, watched you and covered you, and it, you've been an inspiration. Not just because of your play, but you're like the you were the face of Southern Miss softball. And, you know, the last few years. Here's my question. Uh, you're a two-time state champion, three-time All-State, four-time All-District, uh, six and a half miles away from uh, the University of Southern Mississippi. Was it difficult, was it weird, or was it fun to basically go six miles off to college? I, it was definitely not difficult. I mean, I I had the same acclimation process as if I were 500 miles away. It was a challenge um, going from high school to college, but being able to play in my hometown, I really started to appreciate that the longer that I played here. You know, I was able to have almost all my high school teammates be able to come watch me play. I, my parents got to, my parents missed maybe one game or two in my whole career. Like, they were super awesome with traveling. Just the support of, you know, the fans we have anyway at Southern Miss are incredible. So being able to have more fans come because, you know, I, I lived in this town. I grew up here. Um, it, it was really cool getting to, you know, play not very far from home. I got the college experience, and I was independent. And I was able to do my own thing, but I also really had the support from my hometown. It was pretty awesome. Three out of four years, uh, winning record. Uh, this year, uh, 30 wins, 22 losses. Uh, you know, it came a little, sh- uh, came to an end a little shorter than what we thought. But I want to take you back last year. You were, uh, you were all conference last year. Western Kentucky, March 11th. In extra innings, you come to bat. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember. 
What uh, what happened uh, that day? And I, I look at that as one of the big highlights of of your career. You hit that two run home run to uh, to lead us in extras. Take us back to that day. That day, I don't know how much you guys know about it. We actually had terrible weather that day, and it was raining and raining and raining and raining, and we didn't think we were going to get the game in, but our team was determined to play that day. We actually, before the game, were on the field, like, scooping water off the field with Powerade cups, like, trying to get the field in playing condition for a couple hours before the game. Like, our team was that set and determined to play this team and to play that game. So, like, that kind of laid the foundation of it. Um, We were playing against a really good pitcher, I remember I had a good at bat off of her. I think I hit a double, and then I I think I remember striking out two times in a row after that, prior to my home run. And so I just remember thinking, like, I don't want to get beat again. Like, I'm going to have a quality at bat this time. I want to hit the ball hard. I really wasn't. I was, you know, so in that moment where I wasn't thinking, like, let's end the game. Sarah was on base ahead of me, Sarah Vinchik, and I just remember thinking, like, I just want to do something productive. Like, I'm not going to let her strike me out again. I'm not going to lose to her. And, um... I ended up hitting a home run, and it was opposite field. I had been working on outside pitches that whole week because I'd been struggling with it. So that was just, you know, icing on the cake that it was an outside pitch, and that's what I had been had been targeting. And then I just remember thinking, like, I don't know how 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 anything could ever beat this. Like, it was just it was a long yeah. game. Our team had really decided to fight for that with the weather and everything, and so it was one of the best games of softball I ever was a part of. It kind of you know defined who you are you know as a player and going into this year the leadership one of the things that I always enjoyed was post game with Pap because uh, <laughs> if anybody doesn't know who that was it was on Twitter it was on the official Southern Miss softball app you always had a different microphone and you always had a different <laughs> guest Samantha I did yes um. What uh, what does it mean for you, uh, you know, to be in the program four years and uh, you know to have three winning seasons uh, when, when you put down your black and gold? I mean, I think it's a privilege to have been able to say that myself and my fellow seniors were able to contribute to helping Southern Miss softball grow as a program. To you know, we always wanted to create a culture that it it wasn't just a mistake that we beat ULL. It wasn't a it wasn't a fluke that we beat Ole Miss. Like we wanted that to become a standard and expectation for fans, for players to come in. And so I think it was really cool that we were able to um, be really intentional with that. Um, the three of us were able to kind of talk last summer before our senior year even began on how we wanted to lead and what we wanted to do. And I think we stayed pretty true to that and that we really just wanted, you know, winning to not be like, oh, you know, Southern Miss upset this team. Like, no, that's who we are. And being able to do that, like, I don't know how else to say besides it was just a privilege, especially reflecting on it. My time is done, and I, I just think it was a privilege to be a part of it. Samantha, hang on. We've got to take a three-minute break, but I want to continue this conversation with you. Is that good? Yes. Samantha Papp is on the Eagle Hour, everybody, and she'll be right back on the other side of the break.
You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Welcome back to the Eagle Hour, everybody. Bob, Luke, and Dalton from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Glad you're with us around the state this afternoon. This segment is sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. Great selection of Southern Miss apparel, including softball T-shirts and paraphernalia. You can find it at the, the store on Hardy Street, or if you're listening in other parts of the state, you can uh, go online at uh, campusbookmart.net. We're talking to Samantha Papp, who just finished her softball career at Southern Miss. Just this year, Samantha, let me read, just this year, you're named to the Conference USA softball all-academic team, named as a presidential scholar, a president's list selection, Conference USA commissioner's honor roll, Conference USA commissioner's academic medal recipient, Voted the outstanding undergraduate student in special education in the School of Education. And meanwhile, you started all 52 games uh, at uh, Catcher. <laughs> Samantha, I, I don't know what to say, Samantha. I, I don't know that we've ever had a guest on the show like you. But, uh, but again, congratulations. And that leads me to these two very important questions. I, I've done some research on you. And there were a couple of things that uh, you reported that I want to get your take on because I'm a little confused about. Your favorite food, and okay. you put down here, and I don't even know how to pronounce it, A-C-A-I bowls. Yes, acai bowls. What are those? They're like fruit bowls. Like, it sort of resembles a smoothie. Acai is like a fruit, and it's like topped with more fruit, sometimes like granola, sometimes almond butter. They're mm-hmm. really good. And this is your favorite food? Yes. <laughs> okay. And your one of your hobbies you listed I found very, very interesting. Uh, reading, studying, all, all those sorts of things. But you say one of your favorite hobbies is walking around Target. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so fun. You don't have much time left in the day based on the schedule you've given us. So are you like at Target at 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, wandering around for an hour or two before Sadly, you... Sadly, they're, they're closed or else I would be. You would be, huh? <laughs> Target, I guess, yeah, is your favorite store. Yeah, they have cute stuff there. I got you. Well, Luke says that all the time. I, I see I see Luke <laughs> buying his cute stuff uh, at Target all the time. Now, Samantha, you don't remember this, I'm sure, but when the Conference USA tournament was last held at USM, we were up there doing this radio show. I was with Stump Taylor, Jim Taylor, and we met you and several of the, of the players that afternoon. And I, I, I left that afternoon having met you with the impression that you, you went to Oak Grove, obviously, you never really wanted to be anything but a Golden Eagle. Am I right about that? Yes, sir. So what was it about? Is it because you're from here? Did you grow up following Southern Miss Athletics? What was it, Samantha, that attracted you so to USM? I think it was a lot of different things. I did grow up in this town. So, like, there's pictures of me at Southern Miss camp when I was, like, 10 years old, 12 years old, in this cute little rec ball uniform. You know, going like, I've been coming to games since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I think – the opportunity that I received to come play here in my hometown, knowing at that time I wasn't really sure what I wanted to get a degree in. I was in high school still, and I knew that USM had a pretty good variety of majors. So, you know, combining that with just the idea that I get to stay close to home while still getting an experience, I, it was really would have been hard for me to have turned that down. Right. And what's in store for you now? What, what are your ambitions and your dreams moving forward? My dreams are eventually I want to be a college professor. I would love to work for a university and, you know, teach special education and 
somehow I think it'd be cool to liaison with athletics. So, you know, in, in college I was on the student athlete advisory committee and I thought that was super cool. So maybe if, you know, my dream would be to run that someday and work with other student athletes. Um, so my, my plans are to do, I have to do student teaching this fall and then I'll graduate in December. While I'm doing that, I'm going to be applying to grad schools. So I want to get a master's in special education. And then, um, so go to grad school, do that, get a PhD, and then work. What I have no doubt you're going to do. I I think you're going to do everyone. I'm going to be honest with you. If I had a young daughter right now that was trying to learn to play softball, I would want her to follow in your footsteps. I would want her to be an awful lot like you. What advice would you give to... uh, to young kids uh, that were that are now where you were maybe when you were a freshman in high school? I would probably say, um, you know, the end goal of everything is to be able to finish playing your sport knowing that you don't have any regrets, right? So knowing that you gave everything you had, knowing you couldn't have worked any harder than you could have, knowing that you were present with all your teammates. So I would say to always remember that playing the sport's a privilege, and I think if you if you keep that mindset, it'll make you work hard, and you'll remember to enjoy what you're doing. Because it gets hard. The recruiting process is hard. Traveling all summer when your friends are taking trips is hard. You know, just doing all that kind of stuff it is definitely a challenge, especially when you're young. But if you remember, I'm playing this sport because it's a privilege for me because I'm blessed with this, and I want to be sure whether I'm done after high school, whether I'm done after JUCO, whether I'm done after a four-year that I couldn't have given anything else to this sport, whatever the sport is, um, then I think you'll be able to hang up your cleats, hang up whatever it is, um, knowing you did your best. So working hard, obviously, is super important, but I think all of that is encompassed in just maximizing your opportunity and knowing you couldn't have given anything else. Well, that's good advice. Luke, you have anything else for this young lady? That that's about. I mean, I just want to commend you and Chase and Sarah. I didn't get to talk to them the last couple of days, but you guys led the way. Um, and I just want to thank you. Uh, you know, on behalf of of every other Southern Miss softball fan out there, Samantha, you led the way. You showed how to do it in the classroom and on the field. And uh, well done, ma'am. Well done. Yes, no Thank question. you so much. And Samantha, one last thing. Please don't get an interest in radio because I think you could take Luke or my's job <laughs> very easily. And uh, we just really don't want you to I do that. I don't think so. But listen, you're welcome here anytime. And uh, it's been a real, real, uh, lot of fun talking to you today. Yeah, thank you all for having me. I had fun. All right. Samantha Papp, everybody. I'll tell you, Luke. I don't. I don't mean to kill it that that horse, but really, this this kid exemplifies what everybody wants to see out of college athletes. I think. I got a buddy, and he makes this statement. He says, "You don't have to leave your hometown to to impact the world." And this is a this is a girl. Uh, her between her college career and her high school career, she wins two state championships. She's uh, all state. She's all conference, and she does it all within a radius of about eight miles. Right. And so that 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 shows. Um, it just shows people out there that uh, your community, and especially, you know, we talk about the university time and time again, people come and they leave a legacy at Southern Miss, and it's people like Samantha Papp that make this place special. No question about that, and uh, we appreciate very much her being on the show. Patrick McGee's going to join us in just a few minutes. While you were gone, Luke, we uh, obviously uh, reported on uh, J.C. Keys and Matt Walner uh, inking their deals, and uh, yesterday we weren't real certain, but we were told shortly after the show that uh, Walner signed for $1.8 million. So he had a pretty good day this week, I would think. 
Hey, Matt, uh, working on that turf out there, buddy. Let's get the uh, Matt Walner artificial <laughs> surface going on. Uh, yeah, it is. And, you know, a couple of little head scratchers. Uh, you don't know all the things of the uh, the contract, all the ins and out of it. His slot was, I think, right right at 1.9. Um, uh, but, yeah, pretty impressive. The highest draft pick ever taken. And, yeah, for 21 years old, Bob, that's, that's pretty good work. Yeah, I got this uh, from Jack Duggan earlier uh, today. It kind of reviews where all the kids are. Uh, you got Taylor Braley's uh, now playing advanced day with the Miami Marlins organization. LaMarcus Boyd and A-Ball in Boise playing for the Colorado Rockies. Cody Carroll is now in AAA uh, with the Baltimore Orioles organization. Scott Copeland in AAA with the Nationals organization. Connor Fisk in AAA with the Blue Jays organization. J.C. Keys in advanced rookie ball. Uh, in the Appalachian League, Kirk McCarty now in advance day, Luke Reynolds in advance day, Chucky Robinson double-A ball now for the Houston Astros organization, Hayden Roberts advance day, Bradley Roney advance day with the Braves organization, uh, Nick Sandlin, listen to this, triple-A as of today in Columbus yeah. uh, with the Cleveland Browns organization, and Matt Warner, of course, just uh, getting to advanced rookie league uh, Nick Sandlin all, already in AAA, and it makes me think that our old buddy Al Holder up in Jackson may be right, that he may be on the big stage before the end of the season. Yeah, I think so. Nick's on the fast track, and when you look at it, he, he got roughed up a, a couple of his uh, his first outings, but his last four outings hasn't, hasn't given up anything. Um, and so oh, it'll be fun, man, this September call-up. Uh, see if Sandlin, Sandlin gets, gets the call to go to the show. And you look at some of these other guys, it's it's good to see that when, you know, Kirk got reassigned, he's uh, coming off that injury. He's in he's in advanced day. Cody Carroll's another guy that may get a call-up to the show. And Copeland's a guy, man, he's just hung around. He, he was a real inspiring story. He just kind of you know, lived life now. in the minor leagues. Yeah, and and then got a break and uh, has, has played some in the show. So great to see a, those guys. Yeah, I'm sorry. Connor Fisk is a kid that we, we don't talk about much when we talk about these uh, kids that are that are moving on up. But you know, he he would, was drafted in 2014. He's up to AAA ball with Toronto. So I mean, you know, he could be he could be playing Major League Baseball before the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, you forget about him, and of course, Chucky's right there, and, and Chucky's a guy the Astros really like. Uh, would like to see a couple of those guys maybe make the jump here, uh, second half of the season, um, because that will, you know, start the trajectory up again uh, for some of these guys. But a great b- bunch of ball players. You look at that list, Bob. Wow, right. no, a lot of talent. No question. All right. Uh, speaking of talent, the professor Patrick McGee's up next on the Eagle Hour. Stay right where you are, please. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Third segment on a Wednesday brought to us by 4th Street Bar and Grill, located 2505 West 4th Street in Hattiesburg. Find them on Facebook or just drop by to see them over there in the shadow of the rock. Southern Miss memorabilia. Trivia. 
and the home of the 895 Lunch. 4th Street Bar and Grill, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Bob, Luke, and Dalton from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg. And rainy but beautiful downtown Laurel. Did you get a rain shower down there, Bob, in the, the last little bit? No, it's sunshine in here, dude. Man, in, in the first and second segments, it was raining here, but we're clear now. But let's go down to the Gulf Coast, uh, making a uh, an appearance a day early, Patrick McGee from the Bluxy Sun-Herald. Now, Patrick, we know uh, your salary down there is uh, you know a lot more than what Walner signed for yesterday, but a pretty good payday for Matt Walner yesterday signing his uh, contract. Yeah, I guess it was, what, 1.8? Uh, so that's not so bad, just slightly under the slotted number for that, but it's, it's not unusual to see that. So, yeah, I mean, Wallander's getting his opportunity. Uh, it's uh, like, you know, talking to Coach Barry last week or a couple of weeks ago whenever he was drafted. You know, anytime you see your guy get this opportunity and make that kind of money, it's just really kind of a uh, uh, something that, you know, Barry and his staff can, can brag about when they're out recruiting guys. You can come to Southern Miss and uh, get an opportunity like Wallander's got. So, uh, definitely a good thing for Walner and Southern Miss uh, as a program. Surprising to you that he's starting off in advanced day? No, I mean, I, maybe. I mean, I, I think there's some things that Walner has to work on, and and uh, some of you had a hard time catching up with the fastball if it was 93 or 94 above above that, or you know, occasionally you'd see him struggle with the breaking ball. You know, if, if you had a fastball coming in there 88 to 90, 91, I mean, Walner's going to crush it. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I thought maybe started a little bit lower, but I mean, you know, obviously they think highly of him if they're going to put him at high eight. Um, Bob, uh, Bob and I were talking off air. You got an, uh, an article up on the Bluxy Sun Herald, important for uh, Southern Miss football fans. Tell us about Quez Watkins. What's going on with him? Uh, well, he's in class. I mean, he he left uh, uh, during the the spring semester and went to apparently went to a junior college. Uh, to get his grades up, I apparently had dipped down uh, in the fall semester, and he was just trying to get his grades up so he could be eligible for a new season. And he's back at Southern Miss taking classes, and uh, the hope is, is that as long as he passes all his classes this summer, that he'll be good to go uh, come season opener. How important is he to the team, Patrick? Oh, I mean, he's huge. I mean, I, I still think they're going to have a good receiving core with or without him, but you add him to the mix, it just uh, you know, brings that big play threat to the to the offense. I mean, other than that, they didn't really. Other than Watkins, they just didn't have it last year. Of course, you know, the quarterback didn't have as much time as he'd want to throw the ball downfield. So, uh, you put Watkins in the mix, it's a much better passing game and much more potent. Uh, like I said, it's just you add the big play big play to the pitcher whenever Quez Watkins is out there. Well, I, and looking back though, I think the I think the Achilles' heel of that football team last year was the offensive line and the lack of a running game. Now I realize we're, we've got a ways to go, but do you think fans will see any big differences, any big improvements uh, in, in those areas? I, you know, it remains to be seen how much they'll improve. I mean, they they will be improved. You can't be much worse than they were last year. I mean, it was they were bad. I mean, they just will not. They just did not have great space for the ground game, and really weren't great in pass protection either. Uh, but I, I think there were encouraging signs in the spring, even whatever you know, with Drake Dorbeck and Trace Clopton out with the injuries. The group really did a did a good job against a good defense in the spring game, protecting the quarterback for the most part. Uh, I think there were still uh, some signs that they had some work to do in the ground game, but I, I think it was at least a step forward 
in the spring, and, and you have a lot of JUCO guys that are still kind of working their way in, and uh, then you'll get Dorbeck and Clopton back in the fall. So at the very least, you'll have good competition in fall camp uh, heading into the new season, and I think that that should only – uh, uh, that should bode well for Southern Miss. I think the offensive line will be significantly better this year. Well, they'll need to be. I mean, you can, I guess, scratch the Alcorn game. I guess that's a gimme. Mm-hmm. But, but the but the next three games are going to tell a whole lot, are they not? Yeah, I mean, you don't want to read too much into that stretch. I mean, the Troy game, I think, will be an important one. But anytime you go to state in Alabama, uh, that's going to be tough. Uh, but if they struggle on the offensive line in those two games, you know, don't read too much into that. They're just playing at a uh, playing a couple of teams that, you know, there won't be any more teams on the schedule like that the rest of the way, right. uh, especially Alabama. So right. uh, we really won't know, I think, a whole lot about that offensive line, what they're capable of, I think, until the Troy game, unless mm-hmm. they really kind of hold their own to say against Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that will tell us a lot. So I gather you think Alabama's going to be, what, pretty good? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much guaranteed. I mean, Push it's, over. It's, it's, it's the most predictable uh, uh, aspect of college football. Alabama is going to win football games. Right. Now, I want to take you back to baseball for a second. Uh, and uh, you and uh, and Luke were talking a little bit about you were surprised where Matt Walner is. Are you surprised that Nick Sandlin is already at AAA ball? No, I mean I remember having a discussion with you last year that I thought Sandlin could could you know even flirted last year with getting a call up to the big leagues. Say late, you know, if they needed that extra arm. I mean, he's that kind. He's kind of a uh, he's an interesting guy that has an interesting motion, and he's just somebody that gives uh, professional hitters a different look. No, I'm not surprised at all uh, that Sandlin's in AAA at this point. And I expect him to be in the big leagues, if not the end of this year, maybe sometime you know middle uh, first half next season. Uh, Sandlin's going to be a major league baseball player, and he's going to get his opportunity fairly soon. So we were reading a list uh, before we brought you on: Cody Carroll, Scott Copeland. Connor Fisk and now Nick Sandlin all in Triple A ball. Uh, what do you think the odds are of those other three guys moving up at any point this year? Uh, the the other, I mean, uh, uh, Fisk. I can't remember if he's had. I know Cope. Uh, excuse me, Cody Carroll uh, has had kind of a, a been up in the big leagues for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as far as Fisk and the other Copeland, he'll probably be back up at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but everybody else is kind of it, it's not their path to the big leagues isn't as clear. Copeland has played Major League Baseball, correct? Right. He's been up yeah, there before. Yeah, he's been up with multiple teams, the Blue Jays and the Mets. What's remarkable to me is that the four players, guys, that are in AAA ball are all pitchers. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it, and it's surprising right now you don't see Dylan Berdeau. I don't know if y'all know anything. I know Dylan Berdeau's not with the team right now. I don't know if he's hurt or right. what, but. Uh, you're just not seeing some of the hitters that have come out of Southern Miss, other than Brian Dozier. Uh, there just haven't been many guys that have worked their way deep into the minors. Chucky Robinson's at, at double-A, and I think eventually, uh, you know, he's still learning to kind of hit at that level. And I think eventually he'll have a chance to move up to triple-A, not this season, but maybe the next year or so. So, yeah, I, I don't know what what there is to read into that, but uh, hitters coming out of, or position players coming out of Southern Miss the last few years haven't got that deep into the minors. Fair to say that triple well, ball players are, are practically as good as major leaguers, and maybe there's just not a spot on that particular roster for them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's a gap uh, between those two levels. I mean, at, at the triple A, to me, double A is is almost where the most talent's at. Triple A guys kind of get yep. stuck there uh, after a while. I think if you want to, you know, some of those entertaining baseball 
uh, in the minor league level, the du- the double A level. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Luke. Triple Triple A is more like insurance policies now, and and Double A. Yeah. We see a lot of guys jump from Double A straight. Uh, we we know one thing: if if talking uh, was a way to get advanced, Kurt McCarty would be in the Hall of Fame right now. <laughs> Cooperstown right. would have its own Kurt McCarty statue. Patrick, one question uh, more about baseball: College World Series over under. Uh, how many innings does it take the Vandy Whistler to get ejected today? I hope it's the first inning. I, I hate that guy. I, I really, you know, I, I want to watch the game, and I really don't want to be annoyed. So I'm, I'm, I'm you, I, I dislike him. I'm with, I'm, you know, they got a backup, but I, apparently he's not going to be there. Surprised you at all? Arkansas already got eliminated. Yeah, I mean, it, but it, you know, it, it is what it is. It's, it's baseball. You get there, and you have a, you know, a bumpy game or two, and you're done. So it, it's, it's an unforgiving deal the college world series i mean mississippi state who is you know a significantly better team than auburn i think uh was on the verge of losing that game one and if not for a break or two in that ninth inning you know they're sitting here down oh one and heck they may have been eliminated uh this morning so right it's just you know arkansas is the real i mean they're legit i mean they've got talent throughout that lineup they all look like guys that are going to be playing uh, you know major league baseball at some point so yeah, it's surprising to see them go early, but, you know, it's the College World Series and things can just fall that way. Last question. We, we never really talk NBA stuff, but Pelicans are my team. I saw uh, you tweeted out about 10 minutes ago. Looks like the Knicks are really consider, considering taking uh, Darius Garland at three. What would happen if the Pelicans were able to take Zion at one and R.J. Barrett at four? Well, that would certainly even you know you're getting Zion. You know, uh, fans are already jacked up about that. But you have Barrett to mix. I mean, he's a guy that could immediately score 20 points a game on the NBA level. I mean, he's he's an immediate impact guy. If you put those two guys in line up, and, and you know, Drew Holiday or whoever, and just kind of build around that. I mean, that's a nucleus that could compete right away. I know there's some reports out that the Pelicans are considering tra- trading that fourth pick. Uh, but yeah, if you get both the Duke guys, uh, I think you sell a lot of season tickets. All right, Patrick, as always, man, we thank you for your input and uh, your contribution to the Eagle Hour. We look forward to talking to you again next week. Oh, yeah, thanks, guys. Patrick McGee, everybody, from the Biloxi Sun-Herald. It just wouldn't be the same show without him. We'll be right back. We want to thank Patrick McGee, the Bluxy Sun Herald, for joining us, as well as Samantha Papp, four-year starter at catcher for the Lady Eagle softball team. Fourth segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by Gulfport Home Center, the largest inventory and best prices in South Mississippi on manufactured housing. Check them out online or go see them on Highway 49 in Gulfport. Well, uh, J.C. Keyes beginning his pro career 
showed up, uh, joined the rookie-level Greenville, Tennessee Reds of the Appalachian League. And I uh, couldn't find any stats on him last night, but J.C. already with his minor league team. And we hope uh, he is and Walner, as well as everybody else, uh, just a great uh, rest of the year and, and maybe see some of those guys get, get bumping up. Auburn uh, has been eliminated from the College World Series. Louisville taking out the Tigers 5-3 a little earlier. Vanderbilt and Mississippi State getting ready to go uh, on the field. And in about uh, 15 minutes or so, I think it's a 2-10, 2-15 first pitch. Uh, tomorrow on the Eagle Hour, Bob, you talk about celebrities. We got one coming on the Eagle Hour tomorrow because Adam Doliak's song, what's the name of the song? You have it in your Uh, head now. Bigger Than Us. You know it by heart. Bigger Than Us. Bigger Than Us. If you've been watching the College World Series, you'll hear that song, uh, Bigger Than Us, written by Southern Miss's own Adam Doliak. Uh, He was a member of the 2009 College World Series team that played in Omaha. Uh, Bob, pretty cool that he's going to be on the show tomorrow. Well, no question. And I'll tell you another thing, uh, the guys that are doing the games on the World Series have really been plugging uh, Adam and Southern Miss, showing his picture, you know, in his uniform, talking about uh, him being there in, in 2009, playing in the World Series. So when I saw that the other night, Luke, I, I came to work the next morning and I, I Googled Adam and uh, I, I found just one article after another being written up in Nashville in some of the, you know, entertainment publications about about him and uh, about what an impression he's making in Nashville and what an impression he's making in the country music industry. So I think you may be seeing some pretty big things from Adam Doliak. And uh, so I had a chance to talk to his father. His father was actually on his way to Nashville, told me that he would uh, talk to Adam when he got there and tell him that we'd like to have him on the show. And Within a few hours, he had contacted us and uh, and expressed that he, you know, that they were really excited about him coming on. So we're gonna have him on tomorrow at one o'clock for two segments, and uh, hopefully Michael is is trying to uh, figure out a way to download the music legally, and uh, so hopefully we'll have a little bit of his music to play tomorrow. We really look forward to that conversation. He's a big rising country music star but it's it's easy to forget luke he was a heck of a baseball player at southern miss he was and when you look at he's another one of those names when you think about the 2009 world series team how much talent was on that team deliac uh was was part of that uh sheila just told me just in between the break cole donaldson uh scheduled for the show next week so get to hear from uh the quarterback of the infield cole donaldson will be on a little later and then friday we'll be out at solar solutions bob getty is coming to the free state of jones Solar Solutions, we will be there live on, I love the on Friday. I love the – my daughter was well, born in the Free State of Jones. We, we talk about Bob – Bob always gets on to me traveling. But Bob celebrated uh, a big uh, milestone, 45th wedding anniversary this past weekend. First off, happy birthday – or happy anniversary, bro. Thank you. Um, I, I guess we should give uh, your wife all the presents because it just shows how devoted and caring and patient she is. But I just want Correct. our listening audience to know of all the places that Bob Getty could have traveled to celebrate his wedding anniversary, where did he go? Uh, we went to New Orleans, but we went to New Orleans because it was like a short trip. Where, where, where did you say that? Where, to, where? To New Orleans. Where was that? To New Orleans, the home of the Saints. And I want to tell you, Luke, and, I was thinking about you because 
I happened to be wearing a Redskin shirt the day I was there, and I had three Redskin fans come up and strike conversations with me about the greatness of the franchise and the history of the program and all of that. So uh, they're everywhere, Luke. They're all seething around the uh, Saints' home hometown. They're Redskin fans everywhere. You, you met the three Redskin fans that are, live south of the Mason-Dixon line. Congratulations. Well, let me say two, well things, two things real quickly. If you go to New Orleans, and I don't obviously don't do endorsements. Nobody would care what I think. But if you go to New Orleans and you want a really superb meal, my wife was just dying to go to Emeril Lagasse's restaurant. NOLA is what it's yeah. called. It was absolutely divine. It was really, really good. And I have a question, and we went to the World War II Museum, and I know you're a World War II history buff like I am. Uh, I I was struck at at the human side of the war that the museum, I thought, just magnificently displayed. I thought it was moving, Luke. I thought it was just one of the best afternoons I've had in a long time, and I I would encourage anybody to go to the World War II Museum. The fact that it's two hours away uh, and the fact that so many people around here have never been to it, you should go. And and it just speaks of of what we celebrate this month, D-Day, you know, 75 years. uh, we just thankful. Thankful that those guys paid that price. No question. And you and I can uh, shoot the bull every day because of it. That's exactly right. All right. Well, thanks to Samantha Papp. Great, great interview with that young lady. And also, of course, the professor is always fun. We'll be back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Are you back with us, Luke? Yes. All right. Good deal. Back at one tomorrow with Luke and all the guys. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. I want to fly like an eagle to the sea. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.